This is Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. Welcome. We're on TV Santa Barbara and we go around the world on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We invite you to visit www.goodlifetelevision.org and we'd love to have you plug in with us. We're glad you joined us today. I'm really excited about my special guest today, Gina Carbajal. Welcome. Thank you, Dean. Uh, this program is, is near and dear to my heart because it has to do with special needs and as we've talked about, we have a special needs daughter, and so that's something that we're interested in and passionate about, and, I'm, and I know you are as well. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk about that. Gina is the Director of Development for the Special Olympics uh, here in Santa Barbara County and in Ventura County. Yes. And um, which is a wonderful organization. We'll get to that in a minute. But just to start, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where were you? born and brought up, with a little bit about your family. I'd love to, to hear a little bit. Sure, um, well, I was born in Los Angeles, California. Um, I uh, grew up within the general Los Angeles area. When I was in junior high, we moved to the San Gabriel Valley. So I graduated from San Gabriel High School, and lo and behold, um, that year when I graduated, I met my to-be husband. Actually, I was 17, he was 18 when we met, right out oh, of high right. school. And uh, he was up here at UC Santa Barbara. We met, we dated, long distance dating. And then uh, I made my way up this way too and it ended up at UC Santa Barbara. Both of us are alums. Okay. And you know, we had our daughter while we were here at school. And um, uh, because I think we had our daughter, you know, within those young years being at college there, we decided just to make this home. And I mean, who wouldn't love being in Santa Barbara, right? right. So um, we've been living in Santa Barbara since like 1986. 86. 1986 is when, when I moved up here. And so um, this is home for us. And, you know, worked for a couple nonprofits since I've been up here. Yeah, where else have you been? So I worked for a program called Head Start, which is okay. the largest uh, nonprofit um, preschool program for uh, families that are um, low-income families. And um, when I started off, when I was at UCSB, I started off as, as a preschool teacher and I was in the first inclusion classroom yeah. uh, with Head Start. I think it was one of the first in, in the county that was not part of you know the Santa Barbara County Office of Education. I've worked many years within this field of, of working with individuals with different types of disabilities. And lo and behold, five years ago, I find, you know, I found myself at Special Olympics. And, um, you know, I'd have to say it's, it's, it's really great working with our athletes. When I run into them, you know, at various, you know, whether it's the supermarket store, you know, going, picking up um, mail, whatever it may be, I run into our athletes all over the community. And, yeah. And I was going to ask you, before we get to the, I want to get a little, to the history of Special Olympics and kind of the big picture, but what drew you to Special Olympics and what keeps you there? Um, I think what drew me was, um, you know, I was in between jobs at the time and someone that I know was on our leadership council. Um, and he said, you know, there's an opening at Special Olympics. I think this was, this would be a great fit for you. And I've mentioned this to other people in the past that I looked into it. I knew about Special Olympics 
you know, just general, just as a lot of other folks do, but I looked more into it and I thought, I think this would be a great fit. And what I realized at the time was that Special Olympics was actually started by Eunice Kennedy Shriver. Right. And the program that I had worked over 20 years for was Head Start, and that was started by her husband, Lieutenant Shriver. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, these two great programs, you know, right. the, you know, by a husband and wife team, right. total, totally separate types of programs. And I thought, well, you know, let me, let me apply, let's see. And lo and behold, I got the position. And um, I, like I said, I, I've enjoyed it, you know, working like with our athletes, um, uh, having them just come into our office. Yeah. I was just today, I was down at UCP uh, work, their art studio on Victoria. Some of our athletes actually do some of their artwork there. Oh, really? I ran into one of my athletes that used to come in on a daily basis, Craig Winery, would come in, sit down, have his lunch next to my desk. Yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of neat just to see him. And, you know, we moved our office out to Goleta, so that makes it a little difficult now for him to get out there. But he calls at least once a week. Really? Yeah, just just to chat, just to say, you know, I'm I'm going to the tournament, or what are you guys doing, or just wanted to let you guys know about the traffic on the freeway. <laughs> so, you know, a variety of things. I so, I, yeah, I that's that's it. what I love. Yeah, um, I've read that Special Olympics is in 170 countries. It is. And yes. 4.4 million athletes, athletes participating. Yes. Uh -huh. So. What, what year was it found? Was it the 60s? So Special Olympics Southern California was actually in 1968. Okay, and that was Rayford Johnson. That was Rayford Johnson. Okay. And the year prior to that was when Eunice Kennedy Shriver started her first games. Uh, prior to that, it was in her backyard. Oh, um, really? But uh, the year prior to our founding by Rayford Johnson, it was actually uh, at, um, I'm trying to remember now, it was in Chicago big field out there. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Soldier Field? Soldier Field. I, yeah, the, there you go. Soldier Field was their first actual games. And, wow. and what a great concept that she had, you know, it to include, serious. to include individuals with intellectual disabilities and, you know, in sports at right. a time when so many individuals were being institutionalized. Right. And especially back then. Especially back then. And, um, I mean, it was just great that she had this concept and and it wasn't just about sports. It was also about ensuring that individuals to show to the world, not their disability, but their abilities, which was, you know, I think back in the 1960s, she had it right. She had it right. She had it right, yes. Yeah. Did they, did the Kennedys have a special needs child in their family or how did she get? Uh, one of uh, Eunice's sister, and President Kennedy's sister, um, Rosemary, had an intellectual disability. And um, she, she, my understanding was she was there at home. She participated a lot in their sports activities. You know, the family was big in sports. They're very competitive. So right. my understanding was she did compete a lot in, in different types of activities, but she felt like there really wasn't um, very much for her sister and really wanted to make that inroad not just with their own general community but in general you know throughout their state throughout the country and and hopefully impact the world which we're, we're seeing that yeah. today and the world games weren't they two year two or three years ago in, in los angeles yes so special olympics southern california we hosted 
the 2015 World Games, and that was, um, I was down there for a week working uh, mm. for a week, and it was just, uh, it's an experience. I would say, you know, if anyone could ever volunteer, put that on your bucket list. If you could volunteer at a World Games or a big venue like that, it was just, um, it's, it's hard It's hard to explain, but you know, all the athletes from all over the world were just so excited. Didn't it, it didn't matter that they didn't win a race or right. they didn't, you know, get a gold medal, silver or bronze. They were just so excited to be there and to participate. Yeah, and I, I've thought about what you just said. I want to get to that in a second about how they run their race. It's an interesting perspective mm-hmm. shift. Tell us about one or two athletes that come to mind that you've worked with that you just mentioned one Craig mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but tell us about maybe if you had if you have one that in particular well, that you um, our athlete of the year Sam it's interesting when I first started Special Olympics I um, one of my first big competitions that I went to was in the fall our fall games down in Irvine and that so I had only been on board a few months I started in July there I go in November and I want to try to get out to as many of the different competitions that our Santa Barbara athletes are participating in. I go to floor hockey, and if you see Sam, he's a big guy. He's over six foot. I want to say he's six two, six four, and you know, large shoulders, big guy. He didn't like a call that a ref had, <laughs> so he got upset. He stormed off um, the rink you know, took off all his equipment and was upset. You know, um, what was interesting, I'm seeing this, I'm going, he's right by me, this big humongous guy. I'm going, okay, how do you deal with this? Um, what is interesting, if you see Sam today compared to five years ago, that's something that he's, his coaches have really worked with him on is, you know, when you get upset, your behaviors, whatever it may be. Um, Sam today is, you know, is not the same Sam five years ago. He comes in, he helps us volunteer in the office. When I do my mailers or um, different activities, we're moving our office, there he was helping out, lending a hand. And so we saw a big improvement of him, not just, you know, on the playing field, but, you know, just wanting to help out and and volunteer, dealing with his emotions. and, And that I'd have to say is, really with our coaches and and maybe his own um, caregiver working with that with him and yeah. so we saw a great improvement in him yeah. and we thought wow you know it wasn't just about the sports part it was some of the other aspects that we thought which made him our um, our pick for our athlete, athlete of the year, of the year. yes and yes. how many athletes in this region participate annually let's say um, within the region within Santa Barbara we have about 1200 um, within the Santa Barbara County, about 1,200 athletes. And then in Ventura County, we have about 800, 800 athletes. Wow. Yeah. Two th- so 2,000 between Santa Barbara. Yeah. That just seems like a lot uh, based on the population. That, that's more than I would have expected. Yeah. But so, they're, so they, they find out about this. They do. Um, we really try to work with our schools and our school programs. And um, uh, we're hoping that that collaboration will help us uh, get athletes that are at the school age um, then uh, moving into our community-based programs so 
you know, once they're out of school, then they could participate. You know, ages are from five years of age up to our, one of our oldest athletes is, I, I believe, 73 or 74 years old. Right? Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. really no age limit. There really is no age limit. It's just, you know, if they want to participate and they're able to participate in the sports activities. That is great. Yeah. So back to my, what we were talking about a second ago. So one of the things, we've had a special needs daughter for 17 years now. And we've learned a lot from her. Um, but I was thinking about my little that I've seen about in Special Olympics, and I haven't seen a lot. But, you know, one of the things that, our daughter has taught us, she, she, she's taught us a perspective change in different areas. And one of the kind of the perspective changes that I can kind of see with Special Olympics and that you mentioned is, I'm not trying to beat you. I'm trying to win my race. I'm trying to do the best mm -hmm. I can, mm -hmm. which is a refreshing thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just seems like whether they finish first or 10th, if they did their best and they ran their race well, they're excited. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, well, you beat me or I beat you. Do you find that to be yes, true? Yes, yes. I mean, that seems like something we could all learn from. Yes, the majority of our athletes, yes, that's that's kind of what they, their um, overall, their Posture, attitude, yeah. their attitude is, you know, they want, they want to compete, they want to have a good time, they want to be with their friends. We do have some athletes that are a little competitive. I think in general, you know, they're okay. Like, you know, an athlete just told me, uh, Chris Powers, I ran into um, at the store yesterday and he told me, he goes, you know, we didn't win. He goes, we didn't win. He goes, but we had a, we had a great tournament this past Saturday down in Ventura. He goes, you know, we came in fourth place, but that's okay because we had fun and, <laughs> and you know, it was, it was a nice day down in Ventura. So. Um, which I think, you know, is great. You know, most folks, if you know you didn't win or you know, most people just say, oh yeah, I, pl I competed. And right. most folks won't necessarily say, oh, we came in fourth. Right. He thought it was fine, which, right. you know, which it is. Cause it was all about just being with each other and having fun. Yeah. And I, another characteristic of, uh, in special needs that I've seen more common than you know, those of us that don't have special needs mm -hmm. um, is there's there's almost like a childlike and I don't mean childish, but I mean childlike kind of purity. Yes. You know, there's not an agenda oftentimes with mm -hmm. with these kids or folks that was or, um, you know, some kind of a motive or mm -hmm. I don't know how to exactly describe it, but it's there's something wonderful about there's a simple kind of childlike purity to a lot of these special needs people that I've been around, mm -hmm. um, including my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she's, you know, pretty much what you see is what you get. <laughs> Whereas oftentimes in the world, you know, you're dealing with underlying motives or agendas or whatever. So I don't know if that's something you Oh yeah, um, I've, I've seen that. Um, I was only on board with Special Olympics a couple months when I went out and did the Lemon Festival. I was tabling at the Lemon Festival and um, I was there by myself, um, you know, holding down the fort, tabling, talking about Special Olympics. I'm going, wow, you know, I've only been on board a couple months, but I, I could handle this. And lo and behold, just after I set up my table, there's this young man, he has Down syndrome, comes running over to my table, runs around 
on the back side of it and gives me a big bear hug and says, oh, you're the new person working at Special Olympics. I'm an athlete and uh, just was so excited to talk to me. And I realized when they had told me at Special Olympics, you will have your aha moment. And for me, that was my first aha moment was he didn't know who I was. He just right. knew I was a new person and he was excited to see me, to <laughs> know my name. And, you know, most folks, they just put their hand out. They shake your hand. Yeah. No, he gave me the biggest, warmest hug, which I thought. And we, we get that a lot. We get these hugs and, you know, athletes that are excited to see us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and that warmth, I think, the warmth, I, yes. is it's, also. It's, it's a genuine. It yeah. is genuine. You know, my daughter, so Ella Claire, she's, she works on a physical program. She, we have a, a stander device that she does every day. She stands in it, it straps her in, and she, and then she does some other therapy programs. And um, we try to incent her. And so right now she's working towards, if she does it for enough weeks, she and I are going to lunch at Los Arroyos, okay? Which is, that's her big reward. Mm -hmm. The reason why she wants to go to Los Arroyos is because her favorite waiter, Felipe, is there. She met Felipe one time we went to dinner. She hugged him. <laughs> she, of course, he speaks Spanish and she prefers Spanish. So she's talked about him ever since we went to the restaurant one time. And she, she, this waiter who we didn't know from Adam is like the thing she's most excited about in life. Which, and I, I realized, you know, in my daily life, you, or, you know, we, we can tend to overlook people or, you know, look past the person in line at the grocery store with you or the checker or the, and she, Elle Claire doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't miss that person, you know, which I think, what a great lesson, yeah. you know, for the rest of us. But in perspective, I think is one thing that if I, if I had to think, well, what have we gleaned from our experiences as a special needs family? I think perspective might be it. And I think, uh, you know, for, for Special Olympics, for volunteers to be a part of that, I think one of the things, and I'm just guessing, but I, I, I can imagine one of the things it might do for those volunteers is help change their perspective a little bit. Yes. Has yes, that happened definitely. when people join yes, you? Yes, definitely. So we, we have a volunteer who comes from the um, National Charity League. She's our, our local rep. And she was out at our um, school games that we had out at Gersh Park. This was, you know, last year. And she said, you know, how do I get more individuals involved from our organization? She said, you know, when I came on board to be the rep, she says, you know, I was, she goes, I have to be honest with you. And she says, you know, I wasn't sure what I was getting myself into. You know, I've, I've never necessarily been around um, individuals with intellectual disabilities. And she goes, all I knew that my daughter wanted to volunteer. So we were coming together. And she said, so, you know, she goes, I was a little hesitant because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how do I act? How do I, you know, you know, what if it's an uncomfortable situation? What, what do I do with that? And she said, you know, we came out and she said, I couldn't believe what was going on and, and the excitement with all the volunteers and the athletes. And she said, all of a sudden, all those apprehensions that I had just like dissolved. Right. And she says, I wish I could express this to many more of our members of just come out, just come out and see, see what's going on. Yeah. And um, 
And, and it was interesting when she said that, I said, you know, I've been saying that all along. You know, why don't we get certain, you know, individuals from different organizations to come out and help us? Um, I think if you come out and see, even if it's just come by and watch, come by and watch and see what's going on and you'll realize there's nothing to be apprehensive about. Yeah. Um, when you realize it, our athletes are just, they're awesome. They're awesome yeah. individuals. And a lot of times, and, and even this um, volunteer, she says, oh, I didn't know so-and-so. They work at, you know, the Vons in Montecito or this right. other one works at this place that I go to. And I said, yes, you know, at, at you know, CVS, at Vons, a lot of our athletes hold down, you know, uh, full-time or part-time jobs. Yeah. And when I came on board, I realized a lot of the folks that uh, the Vons that I went to or, uh, you know, a CVS or a different uh, location, like another store, I was like, oh, I know that face. Oh, they're one of our athletes. Oh, I know this person. So it's really interesting right. how I put all of that together that these folks that I've been seeing for years are part of Special Olympics. Yeah. But I had no clue. I didn't right. know it. Yeah. And so what's the entry point for um, somebody who's watching right now wants to volunteer or they just want to check it out? What's the entry point? Where do they show up? Where do they go? Um, so they could always contact us at our office. You know, we have, um, they could call me, uh, you know, on the phone. Um, we can mail out information in regards to upcoming events. We usually have flyers or a flyer that has upcoming events. They could just show up at the event okay. and just, you know, check it out. Sometimes it's just come by for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, <laughs> see what's going on. and. Um, We've had people that said, oh, I'm only coming for a two-hour shift. They sign up for a two-hour shift, and then they stay the whole day. <laughs> right. They stay the whole day. And um, what was interesting is there is a, a Rams player, Johnny Hecker. Yes. Um, I was at our Special Olympics breakfast uh, about a year ago, and he was speaking at our breakfast. Um, he's been a longtime Special Olympics supporter. And he says, you know, I don't have any relatives that have special needs. He said how he got involved was his dad worked with a special needs population. And um, both him and a friend had to do their volunteer, you know, while they were in school, when they were younger. They had to do their hours. And so his dad said, well, I'm going to sign you up. There's, you know, Special Olympics um, is doing an event and I'll drop you off. And he's like, eight hours? <laughs> Wow, what are we going to do in eight hours? So he's telling his story about this. Dad drops him off early in the morning. They're schlepping water. They're doing this, that, whatever, whatever it was that they were assigned. And he said, the time just went by so quickly. And ever since then, um, every competition that they could go to, him and his buddy um, volunteered at every competition that they were able to go to throughout school. And so that's why he has such a big passion um, for Special Olympics. Um, we took some athletes down um, with Donna, Donna Reeves. Um, she took some athletes down to LA with uh, kind of like a, a demo with Johnny Hecker there at, you know, on, on the field. He kicked? Um, just a combination of things. And, you know, the stories that I heard, you know, coming back from the athletes and from Donna was wow. He is such a genuine person. It wasn't a photo op. It was not just, right. he was there playing with the athletes, the high fives, the, you know, very excited. And you could just wow. see because, you know, some of the pictures that were brought back were just like, you could tell this was something that was genuine. And it was, again, 
he had his aha moment back when he was in high school when he did that first day of volunteering. It's really hard to not fall in love with uh, these kids. I mean, I, it's, it's, uh, they're special. <laughs> yes, yes. What, is, what is your website? Our website is um, sosc.org forward slash Santa Barbara. SOSC.org forward slash Santa Barbara. Yes. Okay, so that's where people can go to get information. That's where they could go. Now, in terms of your events, in terms of like fundraising, and, and do you have like an annual event? Do you have, what, what, tell us about that. So we have two annual events. Actually, our, um, our gala dinner's coming up on October 19th. It's our fifth annual Fired Up for Special Olympics. Um, our local city and county firefighters um, host that event for us. It's a Santa Maria style barbecue. Um, we do it at the Santa Barbara Carriage Museum. Yeah. All the proceeds go to our Special Olympics program here in Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, and so that's our largest fundraiser that we do. We do tip cops at various restaurants throughout the year. Um, and the other uh, uh, fundraiser that we do is our Polar Plunge in April that we do down at Ledbetter Beach. Ooh. We have a lot of our firefighters, our law enforcement officers, uh, the DA, probation, all different law enforcement agencies participate in that. Right. Um, a lot of people say Polar Punch, Santa Barbara. Well, <laughs> April, our water's really cold yeah, in I was April. Say, that, with, with the currents, it's really cold. <laughs> so, you know, we have a nice little breakfast. Firefighters cook, cook up the breakfast, people plunge. And it's all part of raising money for Special Olympics. And so Polar Plunge and then this October, October event that you have every year. Our, our largest fundraising events. And we do a lot of other fundraising events in between. And so you partner, it sounds like law enforcement and fire yes. department have a good partnership with you all. Yes, yes. We have really great um, partnerships with, with both. And, you know, I asked um, our Polar Plunge is what we consider our law enforcement torch run uh, fundraising event. Um, but when I, you know, that was a no-brainer that law enforcement were going to come on board on that event when we started it again five years ago too. But when I asked the firefighters, I said, "Hey, I need, I need someone to cook breakfast." You know, they're like, "Oh, we got that. We got that down." You know, they bring out their big, humongous grill that they hook up to the truck and um, they pump out the breakfast. And you know, everyone has breakfast, kind of talking in the morning, and then, then lo and behold, we do the plunge. It only takes like half an hour for the plunge to be, you know to actually take place but part of it is just coming out mingling with everyone having breakfast and and then you know plunging for a cause you yeah, know and that's, that's that that's for our athletes that's great and so and if, and if people wanted to give they can give through your website i'm assuming yes yes and okay can i say one thing about your husband sure <laughs> <laughs> most of you may know that uh gene is married to our congressman and so i just wanted to say um, thank you for your public service and his public service. I know you sacrifice probably just as much as he does, and because I, I know that from what I've heard, it's not necessarily always the easiest thing to be involved in. But I, I just wanted to thank you on behalf of the community that for for your service and his service, and uh, we're thankful for both of you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dean. Yeah, and we're thankful for you and Special Olympics, and I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate this, right. our conversation. Yep. Thank you, Gina Carvajal, and thank, thankful you joined us today on Good Life, and we'll see you next time.